Do It Your Damn Self is a podcast that explores the movers and shakers of history and today's world who never took no for an answer. Author Jada Taylor discusses everything from music to TV to literature and the people who did it themselves their own way. Greetings, everybody. My name is Jada Taylor, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear my podcast, Do It Your Damn Self, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and many other outlets. So come and join this party, sis. I can't wait to host you. It's official! Come on! With DJ Chase on the pregame party mix podcast. What's going on, world? It's the pregame party, Miss Podcast. Make sure you follow me on that Instagram, underscore DJ Chase, on that Twitter, at DJ Chase, that Facebook, DA Real DJ Chase. Lock in with me. Enjoy your listening experience. I hope you guys are really, really enjoying the podcast. I enjoy doing it. I enjoy bringing you guys really dope interviews. So, you know, have some fun. Tune in. Lock in. Yeah, the pregame party, Miss Podcast. Let's get it.
right, man. It's the only DJ Chase, man, the host of the pregame party miss podcast on DJ Chase Radio, man. We got the one, the only, the the, the pop legend, the pop right icon, Blake Morgan in the building. How's everything, brother? All good. Good to be here, man. <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. Engine Company Records own, man. And you know, how, how first of all, we're gonna start with your day. How you how you feeling today? I'm feeling all right. I'm good. I'm doing good. Got a new <laughs> single out and making some hay with some artist rights advocacy, advocacy as well. So, you know, it's a good one. Sure. For sure. For sure. All right. We're going to get a little bit about your background. Uh, where are you from? You're from New York, right? That's what I was yeah. reading. I'm one of the only people I know who is a native New Yorker and not only native New Yorker, but a native Manhattanite who was born in Manhattan and grew up in Manhattan and still lives in Manhattan. So, yep, because okay. I'm, 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 I'm from Manhattan as well, too. I'm from I'm from Harlem. So, yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. What are the few? Right. Yep. I'm still yeah. here. We still thugging it out in New York. All right. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. For sure, for sure. And, um, you know, I want to start with that. Like, how did growing up in New York, like, affect you? Like, how did it, you say, okay, I grew up in New York. It's, it's dirty. It's gritty. It's, it's the grind. How did New- growing up in New York affect you to start making music? You know, um, I, I can't separate any part of my life from have from the fact that I grew up in New York. You yeah. know, I mean, it, it's, it's very difficult. Uh, there was a writer named uh, John Updike who once said that any any real New Yorker, thinks that anyone living anywhere else secretly on some level must be kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mean to throw, you know, shade at other places. I've traveled the world, you know, been on tour all these last years and there's so many cities I love. Yeah. You know, but New York, it just has a pace and a, I'm, it's, it's the, uh, it's the river I was born in Mm. and uh, it has a pace and a feeling to it that, that, that uh, is is unlike anywhere else, and and that feeds one's music. You know, I grew up uh, Stones Throw from CBGBs. Uh, you know, my parents are, are writers, and I grew up in a on the Bowery on the Lower East Side. Mm, yeah, yeah, before, for sure. Before it was called the the East Village. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and uh, it it gets into your music. You know, it it, it mm-hmm. gets into who you are. There's no there's no membrane between the two. So. I love it when I, I I hear artists or listen to bands who you can tell they're from Chicago or they're from mm. Philadelphia or they're from New Orleans because um, it's part of who they are that's gotten into the music that they make and they and they write and I'm, that, that's that's just true for me too you know for sure for sure and you know what out of all things you could have been you could have been a doctor you could have been a lawyer you could have been a garbage man what made you say you know what I'm gonna write music I'm gonna produce music you know what what inspired that that artistry in you sure um, I started playing and writing music when I was four or five years old mm. and just really was never anything else I seriously wanted to do. You know, I, I saw all the president's men when I was a little kid and for a 20 turbulent minutes after seeing that movie, I want to be an investigative journalist. <laughs> and, uh, I would have loved to have been the center fielder, you know, for the New York Mets, but, but also, um, I mean, all, all jokes aside, it, it's just, you know, it, it's really all I ever wanted to do. And it's it's rare when when a little kid says, "Hey, this is what I want to do when I grow up," mm. and and that kid ends up growing up and doing that very thing. So I, I feel you know I'm, I feel yeah. um, really happy and, and fortunate uh, about that on the one hand, but it's not just luck; it's a lot of hard work, you know, to just continue to go down that path. Mm. Uh, when when you know you're right, you, one, one can choose to do a lot of things, but music is just not something that. 
that I chose to do. I always mm. tell people that my relationship to making music is identical to my relationship with breathing. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, with when it comes to breathing, I, I really like doing it and I <laughs> doing it for a lot longer. For sure. But if I didn't like doing it, it wouldn't matter because I'd still have to do it to stay alive. You know? I get so you. I get you. It's just it's it's interwoven in who I am, you know. Nah, for sure. And, you know, and, and the thing is, too, like, What's your favorite part of the business, right? Do you like perform? Because we're going to talk about your performance, you know, your your accolades. You know, what do you like better, performing or being in a studio? I like making things more than I like playing things. <laughs> Copy. Uh, and I love playing. Things. You know, I've been on tour, uh, you know, 150,000 miles over the last five years, even with COVID. Yeah, and I love performing, and my show at Rockwood Music Hall here in New York is a is a show I've I've loved doing, and I will continue to do as long as I'm upright. <laughs> I, I love playing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I love making things even more because you know at the end of the night the show is over, mm-hmm. but when we make a record, it's forever. For sure. And and as a music maker, I feel like when I'm recording something or writing something, making something, mm. that I'm adding a tiny little bit to the universe. You know, yeah. I'm adding I'm adding yeah. just a little bit more to what we have that we didn't have before. And I want to mm. leave the world with more good music in it than it had when I got here. You know? <laughs> so, uh, for sure, for sure. I, you know, if I had to choose, yeah, I'd, I'd rather. You know, I, I like making things. It's not that I like making things more than I like playing things. I like making things even more than I like playing them. You know? Gotcha, gotcha. For that being said, and you make real introspective music. You know what I'm saying? Like it's real music that's per- like you could tell it's, per- it's from a place of emotion. You could tell like because some people you listen to their music is like uh, it's just for the money, but you could tell like with your music is definitely real introspective. Like what what makes you want to write such personal music? Well, thanks for that. I'm glad that that gets through. Um, yeah. You know, uh, in pop music, which is what regardless of the genre it's what we're Mm. making right whether it's blues or hip-hop or rock and roll it's pop music Mm. um and there's something about pop music that that is supposed to speak to the universal it's supposed to you're supposed to hear a a song yeah yeah. no matter where you're from or who you are Mm. and be able to say you know what I hear that. I feel that. It, there's, it connects with me, right? Yeah. And as a songwriter and as a music maker, I always find that the the, the pathway to the universal, the, the way I have the best chance to move you mm. or connect connect with you through my mm. music mm. is to write about something personal. The, the pathway to the universal is is the personal, right? Yeah, it's the yeah. So if I write about something that's specific and personal, it's going to be better. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's yeah. actually, I think, a much better chance that I, I have a much better chance of connecting with you. Yeah. Um, even though I'm not writing about you, but chances are there's some part about your life and some part about my life, even if they're very, they've been very different lives, mm-hmm. that connect about certain things. Yeah, so for that, sure. That, that's really what I try to do. You know. Nah, that's cool. You know, and 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 that's the thing too. Like I said, a lot of people make the music just for the money. You know, especially with streaming, like everybody just wants to chase the, the streaming hit. Especially, you know. And I, I listen to all type. I'm a big rock rock fan. I love rock music. So the thing, even with me producing, I love producing. Like I use rock riffs and you know, even like the vocal arrangements. I use rock a lot of rock arrangements. You know, and we're gonna fan out for a second now. What's your favorite in- instrument to play? Well, so I grew up playing the piano. I mean, I was gonna be a concert piano player. Okay. And um, so. But the thing is, is that I played the piano for so long, mm-hmm. uh, it's actually kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> you 
So, uh, uh, you know, you can see my piano right there. Like, you know, I, I love playing the piano, but it's just sort of an, it's like, oh, okay, my old friend, here we are. Yeah. So I love playing guitar, but I was earlier today, I was actually cutting bass tracks for a record I'm producing. So oh, you know, I, my, some of my heroes are, you know, I love bands where the bass player is also the singer, whether it's Pink Floyd or the Beatles, mm, police, yeah. you know, the police has been a huge influence on this new record of mine. Gotcha. Even though the Beatles, for me, the Beatles are just like, oh, yeah. it's everything, you know? Yeah. But, um, so I love playing bass, man. You know, like I, yeah. it's, uh, this record that I'm producing, we just cut the drum tracks for it. And, and uh, the drummer is actually the songwriter and the singer. Okay. Oh, nice, nice. So we, we did these drum tracks and they're really cool, but I knew I was going to end up playing bass on this record. Yeah. So we're listening back in the control and he's like, wow, these drum tracks are really good. And I'm like, yeah, man, they're really good. I just want you to know this is a bass record with some drums on it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> letting them know. Yeah, you letting them know. Totally. Like, you know, so that's... Yeah. That's that's actually kind of my my secret like favorite thing to to record in the in the studio. For sure, for sure. And as a you know, as a pro like you, what's your favorite door to use? Because I'm a Pro Tools man. I love Pro Tools. You can't tell me nothing bad about Pro Tools. Sure. What's your favorite door to use? Um, so I use Logic, you know, hmm. um, uh, and I use all the Universal Audio stuff. Um, I'm, I, you know, yeah. I have my Apollo and. Um, you know their plugins. I, I was I was so I was so resistant to the plugin universe for the longest time because I had a lot of analog. <laughs> you know? That's what I was going to ask you and, next. I was going to ask you analog yeah. or digital. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean analog at, at any at any way I can always do something for real rather than with a plugin. I, I will. But mm. the reality is Universal Audio has gotten so good, you know, with their plugins and also yeah. they're specifically designed to represent the analog world, you know? So it's yeah, yeah. after a very specific thing. So mm -hmm. um, the UA stuff is just, it's just off the hook, you know? And um, and I, I like Logic because I've always been a Mac guy. And so mm -hmm. when I first got, when I first trans transitioned off my real analog console, you know? <laughs> Thank um, you. Thank you for coming to that digital. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 had to, I had to make that shift yeah. as quickly as possible. And that's not an easy shift, you know? Yeah, so yeah. I had to do that and, and because Logic uh, you know, is the whole, it's, it's like all my Mac commands. Like it, it's just kind of in, in my head about gotcha. it. Um, and I, I think logic's really musical, you know, but, mm. but, but again, it's not the plane that's going to get you there. It's the pilot. For and sure. So the, my DAW is right here between my ears. You know, that's the for most sure. important thing, yeah. um, you know, for anyone who's working in the studio. For sure. For sure. And you know, like as far as you producing your music, do you produce all your music or do you say, you know what, sometimes I could collaborate or something. Cause your music, like I said, is really written specific. Like you have a specific sound. Like so I'm, I'm a sinus guy. So I listen to like cadences and transitions. Like you start with the, the intro and then you go to hook first and then you go to the, you know, yeah. so I'm really listening to your music. So do you work with a lot of different producers or you just say, you know what, I go in and produce my own music. So I have, you know, and I've had, I'm, I've been really lucky because I've had great mentors in the mm. studio and great mentors uh, um, who are who are great engineers and great producers and, th and that that is something that's changed mm. you know um, it's great that we all have recording studios on our laptops it's great that people are making music in a variety of ways but I, I do think that something that's been lost mm. is that kind of uh, Jedi you know master apprentice relationship yeah where sure. you know where I where you're established and I'm not and I work with you for a couple of years and I learn how things work and you teach me what you've learned and then I kind of grow up and then do it on my own yeah and then someone works with me and I teach them what I've learned yeah that's, that's how I learned 
Yeah, that's how right. I learned. Exactly. Mm. That's how we all learn, you know? And, yeah. and so that kind of Kung Fu or Jedi relationship of master and apprentice, <laughs> I was very lucky to work with, um, you know, my first record um, was co-produced with Terry by Terry Manning, who's my great mm. friend who's actually signed to my label now. Wow. Uh, but he ran Compass Point Studios and, you know, he, he was the engineer on Led Zeppelin 3. He produced, you know, Lenny Kravitz. That's why Lenny's on my first record. Yeah. Uh, you know, so he taught me so much. And my great friend Phil Niccolo has taught me so much. Phil has a great studio in Philadelphia called Studio 4. Mm. You know, he did Miseducation of Lauren Hill, Fuji's. Um, so he taught me so much as well. And, and and so many others and you know you just like just like being a singer or a guitar player or or someone in the studio you know you you borrow from here and you borrow from here and, oh, yeah. and after a certain point you figure out like wow i'm gonna take this terry really taught me how to do this i really love that and i agree with that this other thing he does that's not mm-hmm. my thing over here and and you you cobble these things together and and then you have your own sound and your own style for you sure, know? for sure. Um, there are no secrets in music, so I love it when you when when you, you know, <laughs> there are some people who are like, I don't want to tell you how I mixed that, or I don't want to tell you what I used. Yeah. And I don't really understand that because if you went and mixed my new single with all the same tools that I used it with, and if I taught, if I even stood over your shoulder and and told you what to do, it still wouldn't come out the same. It wouldn't. It, Everybody thinks differently. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And and, and they feel differently. So it, yeah. it's what we make is is filtered through who we are. And uh, sure. there's no secrets in music, you know? Definitely, definitely. Now, as far as you being a, a, a touring, a super duper touring artist for the last six years, where's your favorite place to perform at? Oh, wow. Um, so there, there are towns that I love performing in. Okay. Um, uh, you know, again, as the native New Yorker, I, I don't want to throw too much shade, but like, you know, <laughs> I, I love Portland, Oregon. I never thought I'd say that. Um, <laughs> uh, there, are, there are many places, but there are a couple venues um, uh, you know, Rockwood in New York City is a very, very special place for gotcha. music. It's a, it's a real temple of independent music. Yeah. Um, uh, but um, Hotel Cafe in Los Angeles is another great venue. Um, there's an incredible venue in Lake Orion, Michigan mm. uh, called 20 Front Street, which is one of the most beautiful hundred seat venues I've ever played in my life. They encourage you not even to use a PA and just sing into the open air because it's been built so that it Oh, wow. You know, it, it's gorgeous. Wow. There's another venue in San Francisco called the Lost Church that's a lot like that. Mm. Um, so those are my those are some of my favorite gotcha. venues where it's beautiful and it sounds great, but you can still see the whites of the eyes of the people in the audience. Mm. So you can still connect with them like this. You know, that, yeah, that yeah. intimacy can be really powerful. For sure, for sure. And now my favorite record that you have, I've been bumping it all day. I, I love this song. Like I'm a big like like I said, I like this the, the way you harmonize it, um, down below or up above. Like how you got the chorus and it's just the chorus is super like how you just layered it. It's just the layers and, and the melody for me is just dope. How did that record come about? So, you know, that that single, that's the first single from this new record. And and uh It's a great know, song, by the way. It's a really nice song. Thank really you. Good song. Thank yeah. you. That that song, you know, the melody for that song, I had like ten years ago. Wow. And okay. You never write the right. I never wrote the right words for it, mm. um, and then it finally came together for this record. And uh, you know, I've I've joked that that song is kind of like my 2022 homage to Every Breath You Take, but with a little bit oh, heavier wow. cars. And um, 
and without the creepy, you know, stalker aspect. To <laughs> I love that song. I love that song. But, yeah, you know, for sure. So, so I'm I'm so happy that people are, you know, that that song is out and people are listening to it now because I had it sitting around for so long and I just couldn't finish it off. And, I, and then I finally did. So it's I'm I'm glad you like that one. <laughs> nah, that's a really great song because you know I'm a big Smash the Pumpkins fan. And you like you have the, the um, oh yeah Billy Corgan. You sound just like him. So like oh, you not cool. sound just like him, but you, like it's parallel. To each other, especially with that song, like that's one of the like a really really good song because it's a and you can tell like you listen to like gospel and R and B and you see like it, you can tell where it's coming from. You know what I'm saying? Cool. And then yeah yeah yeah. What's your favorite time of rock? Let me ask you a question. Do you like 70s rock, 80s rock, 90s or 2000 rock better? Um, I mean, I've got you know there are artists in each of those decades that have meant the world to me and continue to mean mean the world to me. You know, mm-hmm. but um, you know. The Beatles are so important to me, and the music yeah. of the 1960s is so important to me. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, I, I can't live without I can't live without the Beatles. I can't live without Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin from the 70s. I can't live without the Police from the 80s and the Cars and uh, any number of other bands. And I can't live without Nirvana and Soundgarden. I can't live without Radiohead from the 2000s. And my <laughs> band in the world right now, for sure, is a band called Punch Brothers, mm. which is an all-acoustic band that's set up like a bluegrass quintet, except they don't make bluegrass music. And you know, they they are really one of my favorite bands of all time. They've meant the world to me, and they're yeah. they're they're happening right now. You know, so yeah. For sure, and then you know, we like I said, I got a few more questions because I want I wanted people to really know you. You know what I'm saying, and really want to understand your brain because you have so much to offer. You know what I'm saying, and then you produce for other people. Now, let me ask you a question: Like, do you find it easier producing for other people, or you find it easier producing for yourself? You know, that's a, that's a good question, and I think I'm a little bit of a weirdo when it comes to this. Which is that, <laughs> which is that it's not it's yeah. not. It's not easier or harder, really, either way. Mm. I've, I've, I've. Oh, that's New York for you. New York. I've, I've, I've developed, you know, such a, such a methodology in making records the way I want to make them. Mm. And I mean, I'm at a point in my career where I get to make the records I want to make. Mm. And if I'm making a record with an artist, I'm all in. I'm, I'm so excited. Um, yeah. And, and there, there isn't a very, there isn't a very good track record or history of artists producing themselves when they play all the instruments. There are some yeah. exceptions. Prince is a big exception. That yeah. Guy, you know? yeah. And um, uh, again, I mentioned Lenny, he does that too. But there, there isn't, usually it winds up being very stifled and mm-hmm. very, um, it, it can just not work out great, you know, and, and not have a lot of feeling or inspiration to it. But I, I don't think that that's the case with the records I've made for myself. Uh, and the, the the recurring lovely compliment I get when I produce records with other artists is that they all seem to express in one one way or another that they feel like I'm treating their record like it's my own. Like I, I care, I care that much about it. And and you know what, I do. I really do. So. For sure, for sure. And you could tell that you really love music. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I don't really meet a lot of people. Like even me, I'm a geek. I'm in my studio all day. My wife be like, listen. Do something else. She makes me leave the house because I'm always doing music. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I know I love music so much, man. Yeah. There are times it frightens me. <laughs> same, same, same here. Same here. Same here. I picked the right job. I picked the right job for sure. For sure. And you know the new single, the big single that we're pushing right now. My love is waiting. You know, um, how did that come about? And I think, are you shooting a video for? It? I don't think I didn't see the video. Yeah. Do you have a video? I yet? actually, I just shot a video for it. Uh, okay. Which, which, uh, which I think you're gonna like because it's a very New York video. Gotcha. Uh, we shot it on Coney Island and on the New York City subway. Nice. So, uh, 
Yeah. Uh, so I think it, I think it came out really cool. It's going to be very like kind of 1960s spy movie sort of thing. So that's know. what's up. Yeah, I look forward to seeing that. I'm definitely yeah, because I'm trying to because I know you got the big show coming up at Rockwell Music Hall on March uh, 24th. Yeah. So I definitely want to. Um, I'm definitely going to try to. I'm going to make it to that. I'm going to take my wife, bring my wife with me. All oh, right on. Cool. Yeah, come okay. out to that. You know, do we have yeah. any special surprises for that show? Yeah, so um, March 24th, um, so my, my show at Rockwood, I always have a special guest. So gotcha. I do residency. I've had this residency for six years there, and I always have a special guest. And mm-hmm. my special guest on March 24th is uh, a great songwriter named David Poe. He's my label mate, in fact, and I was the executive producer on his new record, which is his first single just came oh, out. Oh, that's a sub. That's nice. I think you really like. So on the 24th, it's my show and he's going to be my special guest. And then two nights later, he's performing at Rockwood and I'm going to be his special guest. So we're going to do this <laughs> yeah. kind of back to back sort of thing. And yeah. then in between those two shows and the day between, we're doing a show in Philly. So we're kind oh, of doing nice. two shows together. And we yeah. just performed together in Los Angeles in, in October. So um, he's, he's, he's a wonderful musician. You guys should... Uh, your listeners should check him out. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'll, put, I'll plug him in and everything like that. You know what I'm saying? And you have the the record label. Now, I want to ask this because I, my, especially in my show, a lot of people, they see me doing things. They always ask me about questions about the music business. So a professional like yourself, you know, you're giving lectures at uh, NYU, you know what I'm saying, Berkeley Music, everything like that. You know, what's the, what's the, what's the hardest part about owning a record company? For me, uh, you know, because I'm an artist mm. uh, and and the people who work at the label are also artists. It's artist run. Okay. Gotcha. And after I fought my way out of my major label deal, mm-hmm. um, you know, that I, I, I wanted to build a record label uh, that would be where no one would have to go through what I had gone through. Mm. Where 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 the inmates, so to speak, would run the asylum and <laughs> yeah, yeah. put art first. Um, you know, most record labels work, uh, they, they do the following. They say, uh, how much how much money do we need to make and what's the thing that we could then put out that would make us that money yeah what we do with my label is we say what's the best thing we could make Mm-hmm. And then we make it, and then we go. Oh my God, how are we going to make money with this? <laughs> <laughs> that's what independence. That's what indies art do. Yeah, always right. The art always comes first, and the hardest part about running the label for me mm-hmm. has been developing that part of my brain where mm-hmm. I can snap into that and be working on label stuff and business stuff, and then snap out of it and cut that bass track, or yeah. snap out of it and write that song, or practice. You know, I play five instruments. I can't just wake up and play them. I have to practice every day so like for sure <laughs> for me it, it's it's kind of turning that part of my brain on and being that guy and then turning that part of my brain off so i can be the musician guy again without yeah. compromising each one of them. that's that's the hardest part for me and of course the the hardest part for any label and for any music maker at this time in music history is trying to push against the downward pressure on all of us economically mm-hmm. from whether it's the fact that AM, AM FM radio still doesn't pay royalties to performers for hmm. and they have for a hundred years, hundred years, yeah. streaming royalty rates or the ridiculous unjust policies of Spotify. Hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, so it's a very difficult time to be a music maker in this country right hmm. now. Um, uh, and that, that's always there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, we started off the interview talking about like, you know, how, what choice do we have as people who make music? We, we yeah. have to do it to, to, to be the people that we are. You know? Definitely. So, yeah. You got to wake up and you just got to find a way to keep going every day. 
You know? nah, I appreciate that. And because, like I said, a lot of artists, they come to me. I got, I got plaques and Spotify awards and all types of stuff. And I'm like, it just, it's even the money. I said the streaming, it, like you can have, you get plaques before you get streaming royalties. It's crazy. I'm like, oh, it's you know? ridiculous. Yeah. You know, it takes, it takes 400,000 streams a month. For to make minimum wage, yep. Make minimum wage. Minimum you know? wage, yep. Meanwhile, Spotify employees make $14,000 a month. I mean, listen, man, lots of times we don't know what's fair. Lots <clears> of times <throat> we do. And that's just unfair. For sure, for sure. And um, but one of my last questions before we get out of here, um, you know, what advice you would say? Okay, like you said, you, you, you've been through the major label system. You've seen how they only focus on the bottom line. They don't care about the artist. They slave you out. You're getting a piece of a piece of a piece. You know, what is uh, one piece of advice that you would give anybody that want to start their own independent company? Uh, make that company a reflection of who you are. Mm. You know, um, make that company a reflection of what you want to do and how you want to push into the world. Don't mirror it after somebody else's vision. Make it your vision. So if your thing is like, I want to have a label that's based all on tuba music because tuba music is what turns me on. I love the tuba. You know what? Freaking do that. <laughs> you know? um, For sure. Make, make it just like you would with a song or with a band or with a track. Make it part of who you are because if you do that then then invariably it will be something nobody's ever done before definitely yeah i appreciate man blake morgan the legend himself man thank you so much for coming on the podcast brother thank you thank you great to be here man for sure man give your social medias everything like that where can people find you and reach reach out to you and and even because i know you're very personable so like any questions they have where can they reach you and where oh, can yeah. they find you <laughs> Hit me up. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the Blake Morgan, and you can just hit me up, and we'll keep the convo going. There you go. There you go. It's DJ Chase, man. DJ Chase Radio, the pregame party, Miss Podcast. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's the one only DJ Chase, man. You know this, man. You're now locked in. DJ Chase Radio, the new new audio home for the creative, man. Keep a lot stream twenty four seven. Let's go. We are lit. lit. You are now listening to DJ Chase Radio. Turn your radio up. The home of the creative. Tune in 24-7.